ESPN. The following is a presentation of Cover Your Assets and is offered by Rooker Financial Coaching and Consulting. You're trying to build your income, your business, your life. Challenges are all around you. It seems so overwhelming. People are depending on you. Who do you listen to? Where can you go to find honest, useful information? Todd Rooker. For decades, Todd Rooker has been teaching professional education to attorneys, CPAs, bankers, and financial advisors. Rooker Financial Consulting offers advice and coaching to consumers, business owners, and financial professionals on every topic imaginable. If you truly want to succeed, sit back and find out how to cover and build your assets. Here's nationally renowned speaker and expert getting you on the path to financial strength and wealth, Todd Rooker. Good morning, everybody. Welcome. Cover your assets. Here I am again. And uh, I am so thankful for those of you who take the time to listen to me. Some of you every Saturday morning can't tell you how much I appreciate it. Folks come in, tell me that they listen to me every Saturday. And I'm always, uh, I don't know, gratified, thankful, appreciate it. And uh, all that said, I hope that uh, some of the stuff we I rant about is useful. Today's show is Financial Lessons for Life. There you go, Evan. Uh, Financial Lessons for Life. These are the lessons that uh, some of you wish that you had been taught. Um, Some of you were, uh, or at least some, maybe all of them. And, um, And the irony is for those of you who maybe wish that someone had taught you these things, you don't you do not endeavor to correspondingly teach the kids that you have what you were not taught, and that's that's frustrating. Um, it's a it's a it's that disease thing that just gets passed on. Bad financial habits don't teach the kids things that you wish you had been taught, and then it goes on to the next generation and it keeps going. So you really want to. I mean, if you if you care about your kids, your grandkids, your friends, your family, whatever. These are things that maybe resonate for you personally, and certainly they are things that you could and would and should teach your children. So we're going to begin today, and if you've got a notepad, got something to write with, um, if nothing else, maybe you can tell uh, folks to listen to this because I think this will be useful. And although many of these things are uh, have been heard before, that does not make them any less profound. Therein lies a problem in in general in that people do believe because they've heard something before that it has no real relevance or meaning and it's not the real stuff, you know, the real meat and potatoes of the of the deal. And the irony is that those things that are so simple in concept <clears throat> that nobody does, by the way, uh, are by far the most important things. And again, as many things, simple doesn't mean easy. So here we go with the first. Be very, oh, also I should say, how do we get people to listen to it? That's the other thing, you know, great, great information. Are you listening? Do I need to hit you with a rock? What can I do to get you to really, really appreciate these things? That's another challenge that those of us who have had children have had how to get people to actually listen. And so there are ways to do that. And we might even talk about those today. So the first thing for your children to teach your children or to even be conscious yourself is what is the lifestyle that you want and the cost that is related to it? 
we have a whole world of people who have jobs, careers, avocations that they have pursued without any mind for what it produces in, in, in a lifestyle. And with that, they're frustrated because they did have an expectation of lifestyle, whether they knew it or not, whether they understood it, could have verbally told you that they all did. And I know this because I, I often meet with the children, the younger, you know, young adult children of clients of mine, they pay me to do it. And it isn't that hard for me to probe to determine what they plan, what they expect. Maybe that's better yet. What they expect in a life. Do you expect to live to own your own home someday? Do you expect to uh, have a spouse or significant other? Do you expect to have children? Do you expect to take family vacations? Do you expect to, and on and on and on. And they all do. So that is a lifestyle expectation. Well, let's equate that to a cost and recognize it for a whole lot of people. Their expectation of life is not correlated with the job or career that they're pursuing and the income that it will generate. And so here they pursue a career and and the income, that is the take-home income after tax and withholdings income, won't even support, even in its best light, the lifestyle that they expect that, by goodness, they should have. Well, (laughs) why does it take people so long to figure that out? And here, and now they're angry at the world, and they are, and we have a whole society of people who feel that way. It should be a working wage. It should be a living wage. Well, it was, you know, you should have figured that out long ago. You cannot just go into things that you are passionate and think you'll be fulfilled with, expecting that that just obviously is going to create enough income for you to have the life that you want, because it doesn't work that way all the time. And so that is the first thing that you should be mindful of. And I'm telling you, you should be telling your children this when they're eight, nine, 10 years old. And for those of you who are saying, well, I don't want my children to have to worry about such things at a young age. I want them to enjoy their, their young lives before I hit them up with all these things that are so stressful. That is wrong. And that is incorrect because your young people are so much more resilient and they will embrace it. They will embrace it. It's not a burden to them. They will look around and start seeing things that they otherwise would not have. And it will change their trajectory just with that one conversation, very possibly for the rest of their lives. So you want that. You wish you had had that, right? So... Can't teach your kids that early enough. Be very conscious of the lifestyle that they want. If if you're bringing them up, do not forget that you and and their friends are influencing that. The way they're growing up, the house that they live in, the 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 community that they're brought up in is dramatically influencing their lifestyle expectations, and that can be a good thing and that can be a bad thing. But either way. They're, they're developing an expectation of life and you want to correlate that with the income it takes, take home pay to accomplish that basic, most basic of all things, having a decent lifestyle. So that's number one. Next, pursue a path, educationally or otherwise, trade school, uh, experience, what have you, 
that is congruent with your life's goals. Pursue something that is congruent with your life's goals. So you've already considered the income. Now let's consider the job career path advocation that we are going to pursue that is going to provide us with that and pursue a path that is consistent with that. Don't just do what just makes you happy. Yeah, but what makes me happy doesn't make me any money. (laughs) So let's be conscious of that. Be mindful that your avocation lends itself to knowledge and experience that can be used in other areas, specifically an independent business of your own. Think about this now. The job that you do every day, how would you utilize the knowledge and experience that you have gained, that you have gleaned through doing this in your own side, part-time, small, or maybe larger business? Is the, is the career path, is the job, the work that you're doing going to develop your knowledge base and your skills so that you can do something else on your own? Is it? That's very important. Is it? Next, begin a small business when you are in high school or earlier or earlier. A small business. Well, what would I do? (laughs) Make sure that business requires that you, one, do marketing for the business. So you're learning that element. So you want to teach your kids this. You can't just say it when they do it. It's like my clients. I teach them how to, you know, manage money. I teach them how to buy real estate. I teach them how to start a business. I can, I, I, I do all these things and I give them the basics, but not until they're actually in it, endeavoring in it, actually doing it. Does it fully come to roost? that knowledge, that base that we created all of a sudden where before we were kind of just chewing bubble gum, learning stuff, you know, like in school until you actually do it and now have an expectation of the outcome that it represents. So I want to start not just any business. I want to start a business. I want my kid to start a business where they're going to have to learn how to do marketing and marketing in a multitude of ways. Marketing could be uh, creating a website, could be doing SEO with that website, could be doing direct mailing, could be uh, doing postcards, could be all kinds of things that are marketing. Of course, that lends itself to creating a logo and a brand and all of these things. So it requires marketing. Next, that it requires sales, closing the sale getting people to open up their checkbook and give you money, pay you. And door-to-door sales is a huge plus. Boy, you want to get prepared for life. There is almost nothing that will prepare you for life better than creating the tenacity and grit to sell something door-to-door. Man, I'm telling you guys, when people come to my my door to sell, I don't even, I don't care what it is. I mean, I almost don't even give a crap if it's a scam. Um, you know, I don't know what, dictionaries, uh, uh, pet control, uh, roof replacement, whatever. 
I don't care. Evangelism. I will, my wife will run to the door to try to get there before me because she already knows whatever they got, you know, Girl Scout cookies, doesn't matter. I'm buying it because I am so impressed with these young people. I want to reward them for this and let them know that this yields fruit because in life it does. Also, Girl Scout cookies are pretty good. <laughs> yes, they are. I, I, got, I usually have a drawer full of them. Um, and, you know, you know, whatever it is, Christmas trees, wreaths, you know, whatever, you know. And, you know, it's ironic, they, you know, that they raise funds for, for, you know, their athletic endeavors or the, or the Boy Scouts or whatever. All of it is just incredible training. So the business that you start, you want them to do that. And the fact that they go to door and get the door slammed in their face and get crushed is not a bad thing. It's a good thing. Stop buying all their crap for them so they don't have to do it. Don't save them. Stop saving your kids. I want them to know how much I love them. I just want them to know. You are not preparing them for life. You are not teaching them to be self-starters, capable human beings. All of these things that are challenges is what makes them amazing human beings and an absolute gift to not only the world, but to our country. That's what you want. So that that new business requires that they do sales. My brother-in-law is a pharmaceutical salesman. I love the guy. He's a phenomenal salesperson for Pfizer Pharmaceutical, usually the top three reps in the nation. Guy's amazing. But he's not really a salesman because he doesn't get the doctors when he goes into the clinics to write a check. I say, that's not sales. I say sales is when you walk out the door with a check and it comes from their own account. Oh, I never do that, he says. Yep, and that's why you're not really a salesperson. Getting somebody to write a check, walking out the door with, with, with funds, payment, whatever form it comes in, in your hand, that is what I'm talking about. And learning how to do that, whether you wind up doing that in your career or not, makes you capable and fearless in any direction you go. Number three, requires hard physical work. I love physical work. Physical work lends itself to mental acuity and lends itself to, to getting things done, to getting work done. And I I was brought up on a farm. I know what hard work is, and I love hard work. I love it. I embrace it. And the harder it is, the better. Even in my adult life, I seek hard things. I like the hard stuff. Physical work is a really, really good thing. So if the job or the new business, small business requires work, they're mowing lawns, they're washing cars, they're cleaning closets, they're doing things for other people. Some job that requires actual physicality, that's another big bonus, a big plus. And customer service, that they understand the significance of a job well done and detail, detail. The detail is everything. The finer distinctions of detail are what signify knowledge and intelligence. If you know the finer details of something, then you have insight and intelligence in that area. So I want detail. 
I want that taught. I want to want you to know that doing something three quarter right is not detail. I want them to learn the detail and have to satisfy other people, even if it's a royal pain in the rear end. That is a lesson for life. Necessitates that you handle the books and the accounting of the new small business that you're doing. Learn the banking, the accounting, creating a little LLC or S-Corp, learning the significance of having a business structure, of having a bank account, of cash flow, and of profit margin as it relates to the money that you bring in. This new business requires that they do that. Next, it can be expanded to put your friends to work. Wow. So now I'm going to become a manager and have to deal with other human beings as it relates to work. Yes, that's the next thing. I'm sitting in my home. I'm watching this young man ride up in front of my house. And he's on this, you know, bike like a, I don't know what, not a 10 speed, but probably something like that. And around the neck where the seat comes up, there's a little trailer that's hooked up to the back. And this trailer's got two little wheels on and on it. And on top of this little trailer that's trailing behind his bike, there's a lawnmower, a weed whacker, and a chainsaw and a blower on this little on this little contraption trailer he's got behind him. And he pulls up in front of my house, he puts his foot down, feet down on the on the ground and stands up. And grabs the, the, the book that is like in this little basket in front of the, 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 the handlebars. And he opens it up and starts looking at it and pulls a, a pen out of his pocket and starts marking things off. And he's doing this in front of me. And I'm just kind of interested watching this go on. And as I'm watching him, another young man comes up on the other side of the seat, apparently covering the other end of the, of the block with the exact same contraption. And the guy on my side of the seat starts a street, forgive me, starts barking orders to the other guy across the street as to where he needs to go next. And I can hear him, even though the windows are closed, I can hear him yelling at the guy across the street of where he needs to go and what he needs to do. And I'm watching business management take place right in front of me. Lessons for life. Wow, 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 amazing. Now, if that, that either, if both of those kids do not become entrepreneurial, they will, if they do, it isn't going to surprise anybody, is it? And if they're successful, it isn't going to surprise anybody, is it? And if they become captains of industry in the corporate world and advance significantly, that isn't going to surprise anybody either, is it? Wow. Is that like, could that wind up having the greatest impact in their lives and being the greatest gift to their future success, more so than killing yourself to send them to college even? And I'm not saying not to do that. I'm just saying this could be even more impacting. Oh, my goodness. That's, these are the things that a small business is. And the last thing would be that you have to manage the business because you have to purchase, save money to buy equipment to do that business. Just imagine what that means. 
financial lessons for life. Don't you wish, if you were not, don't you wish somebody had set, stood you to the side and told you these things and maybe even helped guide you into doing these things? Would that have had an impact in your life? I don't know. You tell me. So we're going to take a break. First break. We'll be right back talking about financial lessons for life. We will be right back. Are you missing anything in your plan? Find out with JLN Financial's Retirement Checklist. If you could check all the boxes on the list, you may be ready for retirement. If not, Jay Allen Financial can help. Get this checklist now at rhythmofretirement.com slash checklist challenge. That's rhythmofretirement.com slash checklist challenge. Jay Allen Financial offers insurance services. Investing involves risk. Investment advisory services offered only by duly registered individuals through AE Wealth Management, LLC, AEWM, AEWM, and Jay Allen Financial are not affiliated companies. If you or anyone you know are in a financially challenged situation, listen. My name is Todd Rooker. For over 20 years, I've been helping people strategically plan for and deal with a financial crisis. My typical client may have previously had a substantial net worth and are now in fear of losing their personal home. My clients will often say. In the past, I was financially successful. However, at this point, I'm exhausting all of my financial resources trying to make my payments on time. I feel as though I'm simply delaying the inevitable by throwing good money after bad. So my questions are, Todd, do I just let the bank liquidate my business? Do I need to consider things like foreclosure, short sale, Dean and Lou, loan modification, credit counseling, or even bankruptcy? And then most importantly, how do I minimize the damage and rebuild my life when this disaster is over? This is my world, and I teach classes on those very topics. So if you or anyone you know is in this situation or you want to ensure that you never are, I have the knowledge and the information you're looking for. Go to CYA21.com and get my free download, Financial Crisis Bible, or call us at 763-559-3800. Hey, are you considering something exceptional to set your home apart and highlight its curb appeal? How about the rich look of custom copper gutters? Copper gutters are not only beautiful, they also offer timeless durability. William Foss with Gutter Solutions installed my beautiful copper gutters. I get compliments every day. If you're looking for extraordinary craftsmanship and would like to consider something truly special, call him at 612-834-0664 or go to their website, SeamlessSolutionsMN.com. Ask for Billy. Hi, this is Troy Danner of Danner's Cabinet Shop. My family has been building custom cabinets and countertops for homes in Minnesota for over 50 years. We still make the cabinets the way my grandpa did when he founded our company. My team of skilled craftsmen pride themselves on attention to detail and making sure every element of your project goes perfectly. Give me a call at 763-753-4002 or visit us online at dannerscabinets.com. You're listening to Cover Your Assets with Todd Rooker. Welcome back. <clears throat> Welcome back. Today's show, Financial Lessons for Life. Financial Lessons for Life. <clears throat> so, if you start that small business with the intent of creating profit. <laughs> now, you hopefully got the sense that there's a whole lot more benefits than simply making money. But that is making money, certainly the goal of every business. I remember one of my first classes in college, the guy says, what is the number one purpose of business? And and even back then, that it benefits the world, that it benefits mankind. People raise their hand. And he laughed and he said, profit, 
profit is the number one goal of all businesses. Oh, man, that was just devastating. I just want to save the world. I, it's all about. So even back then, you had the, you know, the the altruistic do-gooders who wanted to save the world. Um, but it isn't that those things that those other folks were voicing were unimportant. His point, and he went on to say, was that without profit, none of those things have any meaning. Because if you don't make a profit in a business, then the business doesn't survive. You don't have any money and all the dreams and goals for, you know, changing and benefiting society and your fellow man become irrelevant because now it's just all about you surviving because you don't have enough money to eat. So every business has at its core the number one goal that supersedes everything else. Doesn't mean there aren't other things that might be important, but the single number one goal of any business is making a profit. That means I have monies that are taken in. I have expenses to the, to go out and, and accomplish that thing. And what's left is the profit. Now, you hear me talking all the time on this show that when you own a small business, the income that you earned that you might have to pay anyone else really isn't a profit because I can go to work for anybody and not be a business owner and make that money. So when I have to pay somebody that money, that's really not a profit. Uh, the profit is what comes after I've paid everybody. Now, for some people, they don't believe there should be any profit. That should all just be distributed amongst the workers. Yeah, well, then business will never expand and it'll never grow. So business has to be profitable. And you understand how financing works and all that. If your business isn't profitable, then you're not going anywhere. So the number one goal of every business is profit. Now, if I make profit, without getting into more of the same thing I just discussed, if I am able to pay myself, we'll call that a profit. If I am able to pay myself an income and make a profit, then what am I going to do with it? What am I going to do with that money? Well, are you going to teach them how to do what everybody does? As soon as they make money, they buy stuff. You know, new car, new snowmobile, better clothes, all this stuff. And those things are all depreciating, declining value assets. I want to teach you from the very beginning that if you teach your young people this or even yourself, then you immediately begin saving and investing that money. I don't mean saving and investing that money to buy something for yourself to enhance your lifestyle. I mean putting that money to work and that money will continue to work for the rest of your life. Remember that when I when I earn income, I do have money that I must spend to support the cost of living. So that's why I tell you many times on the show that that income will never be wealth. Income can only become wealth if I spend less than I earn and then I take and set that aside in the asset column. Owned asset. Once something is in the asset column, it stays in the asset column. How long? Forever. Forever. I am trying to build stability and wealth. Let me just tell you, the strife that goes on in this country thievery and everything else has everything to do with the fact that people who are involved in those in those endeavors don't have stability 
and don't have any form of wealth and nobody ever taught them anything about money. And their goal is simply to take money and buy stuff that doesn't make any money. How many actors and actresses who've never been taught anything about money, athletes, simply buy stuff that declines in value and when they're done doing whatever they do, singing, acting, playing ball, they're broke because they never learned that. I am going to begin saving and investing and putting those dollars in the asset column from day one. And I'm going to begin the goal of fully funding a solo 401k with my small business. These are the things that you're teaching a kid when you tell them to start a small business. I'm not talking about babysitting and they don't do anything with the money and they don't do any accounting and they don't do any marketing. All of these, anything that they do is an opportunity to teach them in a way that you could never teach them by simply telling them. They endeavor into these things and they will learn and they will internalize the knowledge and it will be beneficial to them for the rest of their lives. Then when they make money, they're going to begin saving and investing from the very beginning and they're going to start a qualified retirement account of their own. And let's just say that's an IRA or a, or a solo 401k or whatever they have available with the goal of fully funding it, meaning that whatever the IRS guidelines are, that the maximum you can put away in a tax-deferred retirement account, they're trying to create that before they're even out of high school. Most of you will never do that in your entire working lives. You think because the company matches 3% and you're doing 3%, you think you're maxing out, not realizing that today the max on your qualified retirement account is about $23,000. And if you're over the age of 50, you got another catch-up provision of $6,000. That's almost $30,000 per year per person. For all of you who are out there listening, who are married, how many of you are putting away $60,000 a year if you're 50 years or more? That's, I'm talking about that young kid seeking to begin putting away $23,000 a year while they're not even out of high school. That's what I'm talking about. I want them to do a Roth contribution, not a traditional. And I want you to teach them the difference between a traditional before-tax and an after-tax Roth contribution. And without wasting more time here, I want them to do a Roth contribution. I believe in that. I believe in a Roth contribution. That long-term overall, it's going to be better for them. It's also going to give them access to other things should they choose to invest that elsewhere without penalties. So that's all about starting your own small business. We're going to take another break. And we'll be right back talking about specifically financial lessons for life. We'll be right back. Fix Auto has been the collision repair leader in the Twin Cities for over 40 years. Hi, I'm Matt Feehan, second generation owner. Our mission at Fix Auto is to provide you with the simplest collision repair experience anywhere. If you're in an accident and you need help, my team is here and ready for you. You can find us on the web at fixautousa.com. That's fixautousa.com. USA.com. We are Fix Auto, home of the wow experience. Does your sump pump run constantly? Do you want to ensure that you never have a damp, musty smelling basement? These issues are caused by water coming off your roof 
draining into your basement. Gutters can resolve these problems. William Foss is the owner of Seamless Solutions. He is honest and trustworthy. He is simply the best. If you need gutters or leaf covers, he is the guy to call. You can call him at 612-834-0664 or go to his website, SeamlessSolutionsMN.com. Hi, I'm Kimberly Nibo with the Kimberly Nibo Insurance Agency, serving the community for over 27 years. People tend to be most concerned with price. That is, of course, until something goes wrong. Then the only thing they care about is their coverage. My experience enables me to uncover every available discount. I could save you up to 40% while still offering the proper coverage for the people you care about. Call today for a free review at 763-571-6111 or email me at kim at kimnibo.com. Finding a good banker and CPA are like having a good doctor or mechanic. You cannot fully appreciate the value they represent until you're in a pinch and truly need them. However, that's not the time to go looking for one. Instead, you want to position and strategize well in advance for a favorable outcome. CPA Arliss Cleveland of Arliss Cleveland LTD is the CPA firm you've been looking for. As many of you already know, if you're looking for a great CPA, Arliss Cleveland gets my highest endorsement. Arliss Cleveland LTD has now formed a strategic relationship with Village Bank, conveniently located in the Village Bank building, located at 9298 Central Avenue North, Suite 412 Blaine, Minnesota. You can also find Arliss Cleveland LTD certified public accountants and consultants by going to accountingoffices.net or by simply calling 763-786-0639. That contact information again, accounting-offices.net or by simply calling 763-786-0639. Todd Rooker here to tell you about the most amazing jewelry store, Golden Treasures on 805 Grand Avenue in St. Paul. I've known the owner, Todd Gimble, for almost 20 years now, and at Golden Treasures, not only do you get more for less, it's the experience that you and your special person will feel when you walk in the door. Todd truly puts his heart and soul into creating your experience, regardless of how much money you spend. This is Todd's customer for life philosophy. Take it from me, there really is no other jewelry store. You can't go wrong with Golden Treasures in St. Paul. 651-227-2711. That's 651-227-2711. I have trusted attorney Brian Aho for more than 10 years to work closely with me to resolve and eliminate debt for many of my personal and business clients. Aho Law Office is the go-to firm I choose because Brian has always been caring and compassionate with my clients while tenaciously fighting to retain as much of their assets as possible while quickly eliminating their debt. Brian's extensive experience and knowledge of bankruptcy law and willingness to fight allow him to resolve challenges and cases that many attorneys won't. Don't let other attorneys learn on your dime. Rely on the experience of Aho Law Office to help you achieve relief from your creditors. Competent, compassionate legal advocates providing the clarity to protect tomorrow. For more information, call Brian and his staff at 612-271-4047 or email Brian directly at brian at office.com. Again, that number is 612-271-4047. You're listening to Cover Your Assets with Todd Rooker. Welcome back. Welcome back. <clears throat> so, next thing. Go to work. Once you have, if, if you if you do go to college, uh, if you do go to trade school, if you prepare yourself in any way, you go to work and you start your first real job, you know, an, an, uh, a job that produces a living wage. When you go to get your first job, have the primary focus 
of working for the experience, not the income. Your primary focus is working, is taking a job, taking a career, taking a position for the experience it represents, more so than the income it represents. This does not make the income unimportant. It's still important. But your primary goal is to is to take a job that has value to you as an individual. Be conscious that you are being paid to learn. Imagine if you did attend uh, trade school or college and the money, the absorbent cost to apparently learn, which I think that's arguable, how much you actually learn. Um, And then imagine that here you're being paid as opposed to you paying, you're being paid to learn. And I would argue that the profound nature of doing has a much greater impact in you internalizing the information, the experience, and the knowledge that you glean as a result. So think about that as the greater value when you take on the job. I've talked about many things previously about starting your small business when you were young. Well, what if you didn't do that? Well, then you still want to try to accomplish the, 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 the experience and knowledge in all of those areas. So think about the first real living wage job, primarily focusing on what it represents in terms of value for the experience. Humble yourself. Be a martyr. Too many young people come out of school or are just young and they are so insecure, they want to prove to everybody how smart they are compared to everybody else. Listen, dum-dum, if I got 30 years of experience in something and you're 22 or 25 years old, you know nothing, okay? I don't care if you have a graduate degree. I don't care. You know nothing, Humble yourself, because when you humble yourself, people have a great desire to want to help and teach you. But when you come off as I already know everything, because you you don't you don't want anybody to know that you don't know everything. And let's get real. Who does? Everybody knows that. Right. Except you. If you come off that way, then nobody wants to teach you anything. Okay, great. Genius. You already know everything. Get away from me. Go go home. Okay, be a martyr and say to people, you have so much experience. I just want to learn from you. I know I have so much to learn. If, if you would teach me, that would mean the world to me. Now people are desirous of teaching and helping. And that is how you learn. So humble yourself and be a martyr. Okay, you know nothing at this point. The fact that you have training and you went to trade school to do something, once you enter into the environment, you're going to figure out how little you actually learned while you were, while you were in, in you know, that educational environment. And even if you did, how much did you actually retain anyway, right? But today, right now, you screw up. <laughs> it's a little different now. And oh, by the way, this is how you put food on your table. So it becomes a little more important and you're getting paid to learn. What a bonus. What a benefit primarily, what do I get as experience for this job, even more so than the income? Start a part-time business right away, possibly while you're still in college or trade school, even before 
even before you get your first job. Huh? Huh? I don't have time for that. Make time. Make time. You are on a path. You should have a sense of where you want to go and starting your small business, painting, uh, sealing driveways, whatever, while you're in school. Maybe it's during the break. Maybe it's, it's, it's part-time while you're in school and full-time in the summers. You start your job, your business, your side hustle while you're in school and you keep right on doing it after you get your full-time job. Oh my God, I don't want to have to work that much. Yep, well, you got a lot of company. And if you do these things, you're going to be wealthy. You're going to succeed. And these are the things that I wish everybody would teach their kids, but they don't. Now, if you're too lazy and you grow up with people who are lazy too, I don't know. I don't know what to say. You know, it is what it is. I am never interested in how hard somebody has to work. That is irrelevant. Whatever it takes is the answer. So having to work 60, 70 hours a week, do that standing on your head if you want it. All right. So live on your full-time job income and save 100% of your side business's income. 100%. I don't mean you use it to subsidize to buy yourself a boat. I mean, you save and invest 100% of your side business's income. Take advantage in your full-time job of any matching contribution that your employer, you know, you just got your first, you know, uh, uh, real living wage job. If they offer any type of, you know, 3% contribution towards your investing in a qualified retirement account, and that can be a multitude of things, 403B, 401K, whatever. If they do any matching contributions, I don't care if you do nothing else and you're dead broke, you at least go up to the maximum and match that because that's a dollar for dollar increase. And very honestly, that if that's all you do, you're not going to go very far. And if you have goofy ideas that if you do the match, then you're going to be able to retire with that, you're really delusional. And, and that said, <laughs> there's a lot of delusional people. And the bar is pretty pathetically low in society. So don't measure yourself against average. Do not measure yourself against average. Average is pathetic. Measure yourself against people who are perceived to be very successful. Hang around with them. If they make you uncomfortable, good. Your natural inclination is to move away from people who are more more sophisticated and at a higher station in life because it's uncomfortable. It makes you feel uncomfortable about who you are and where you are and where you came from. And that's exactly what you want to do. Let's take another break. We'll be right back talking about financial lessons for life. Kimberly Nibo with the Kimberly Nibo Insurance Agency, serving the community for over 27 years. People tend to be most concerned with price. That is, of course, until something goes wrong. Then the only thing they care about is their coverage. My experience enables me to uncover every available discount. I could save you up to 40% while still offering the proper coverage for the people you care about. Call today for a free review at 763-571-6111 or email me at kim at kimnibo.com. Social Security, you've spent your entire working life paying into it, so don't you want to get the most out of it? Jim Baer and his team at JL and Financial can show you ways to do that with their free Social Security report. Download your copy today at 
rhythmofretirement.com slash social security. That's rhythmofretirement.com slash social security. JL and Financial offers insurance services, investment advisory services offered only by duly registered individuals through AE Wealth Management, LLC, AEWM, AEWM, and JL and Financial are not affiliated companies. JL and Financial is not affiliated with or endorsed by the U.S. government or governmental agency. Hi, this is Troy Danner of Danner's Cabinet Shop. My family has been building custom cabinets and countertops for homes in Minnesota for over 50 years. We still make the cabinets the way my grandpa did when he founded our company. My team of skilled craftsmen pride themselves on attention to detail and making sure every element of your project goes perfectly. Give me a call at 763-753-4002 or visit us online at dannerscabinets.com. If you're in a financially challenged situation or want to ensure that you never are, I have the knowledge and the information you're looking for. My name is Todd Rooker. When you want information on today's most pressing economic and financial pressures, who do you talk to? Their attorneys, CPAs, financial advisors, mortgage brokers, and real estate agents. Everyone has a different opinion, and these professionals do not always work well together. It's not enough to find an expert in one area. You need a comprehensive approach that addresses all of your concerns and enables you to create an overall plan. I have over 20 years experience in this highly specialized field and it is my job to work with all of the professionals previously mentioned and know much of what they know allowing me to provide you with a cohesive and unbiased strategy that addresses everything related to your situation. I will help you to strategically plan for a financial crisis, minimize the damage, recover quickly and most importantly help ensure that you're never here again. You have a lot more options than you think but don't waste time. Go to CYA21.com and get my free download financial Crisis Bible or call us at 763-559-3800. That number again, 763-559-3800. You're listening to Cover Your Assets with Todd Rooker. Financial lessons for life. <clears throat> you know, teaching kids how to how to get a start a company, start a business, start a job working when they're 10, 11, 12 years old. The idea that that is harmful or you don't want to expose people to that, that is such a pathetic, pathetic way of looking at things. I, re- I grew up on a farm. I remember looking down. I don't know what I was. I maybe, I maybe I was probably 10 or 12 years old. And I was, you know, I was a little kid. And, you know, we had a lot of cattle. Um, not only did we farm, but we had a lot of cattle. And, you know, those bales are 80, 90 pounds. And as a little kid, young man, I was handling those bales. I was stacking bales and trying to move bales. Well, you can only imagine a little kid, those bales outweighed me. And so, you know, I remember many times looking down at my hands and, and my forearms because, you know, in the beginning of the year, your hands, your, your hands don't have the calluses and they're weak. And looking at my forearms and, you know, because I was, I, I had such a hard time dragging those bales around, you know, the, 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 the chaff would just destroy your forearms. And, and, you know, my, my, my hands and my forearms would have blood and I would have a layer of skin gone on my forearms. And I was, you know, 10, 12 years old. What's the problem? No big deal. <laughs> no big deal. Lessons for life. Strong country love. <laughs> so. Take advantage of any matching contribution within your company and your go- with a goal of moving towards maxing it out as soon as you can. So remember what I told you. It's twenty. I don't know if it's twenty two five or twenty three thousand dollars now. That is the max per individual. So your max is not the matching contribution. Your max is twenty three 
$1,000. Oh my gosh, that's crazy. Yeah, and that's why you're never going to get anywhere. You want to max that out and you need to understand that that's not enough. That's just a good start, okay? Each time you get an increase in pay, make a direct increase to the contribution in your retirement account to a point where you are fully funding it as soon as possible, knowing that you need to do more, knowing that this is only a step in the ladder and that you need to be doing more. You mean to tell me I'm going to have to fully fund my retirement account and then you want me to save and invest even more money on an ongoing basis on top of that? That is correct. Well, what if my job doesn't pay me enough with the basic cost of living to be able to do that. Didn't we just cover this earlier? (laughs) You understand why you want to look at what your job or profession has as a potential outcome? You understand why you want to have a side job or side hustle or a a small business in addition to your full-time job? You live on that income. And you bank 100% of your part-time job. And combined between the two of them, the faster you can get to fully funding a retirement account and then having more money to do more, the better. And every time you get a raise, it assumes that, by goodness, you found a way to live on what you're making now, whether you like it or not. And so every time you get an increase in pay, you don't reward yourself and give yourself a better lifestyle. You correspondingly increase by that amount of money your contribution to get yourself to the maximum contribution to a point where no longer is there any tax deferral available because you're exhausting and taking advantage of 100% of what is available. That's what I'm talking about here. You want to seek to own your own your own home or investment property as soon as possible and if possible before the age of 20. Listen to that. Before the age of 20, for purchase your first home as your first future investment property, meaning you're only going to live in it for two to five years. So the way you look at it is not as the home that you're going to buy, roll the equity as a down payment for the next one and buy an even bigger home. You're not selling this house. You're going to keep it. You're going to live in it for two to five years and you're going to save money for the down payment on the next one, not use this one for the next down payment so that you can keep it as your first investment property. And you're going to do that at least two or three times, at least 10 would be better, two or three times. Do not purchase life insurance until you have an insurable need. Do not purchase investment life insurance at all, but purchase term Don't purchase a new car. You want a mistake. Buy a new car. Car is going to lose 50% of its value within the first two to three years. Holy crap. Average car is going to cost you $50,000, $60,000. How many people can afford to lose $30,000 every two or three years? It's Holy funny, crap. that's been lo- way less true the last couple of years. Yeah, well, and, but, and you know, funny thing is, a lot of the used cars, the value of the used cars have gone up significantly. So a, oh, lot, yeah. of, a lot of those have taken the initial depreciation that one receives in a new car, and they're still really good cars, sometimes with 70, 80, 90% of their life left after two years, and you can buy them for way less than what it costs new and, and forego that big loss. Evan's right. Cars have become a big challenge. Just buy, sell the car you got, and you have a heck of a time finding a new one. So I can't disagree with that. But nevertheless, taking on these big expenses is the way, and, and you know that they're depreciating assets. Every time you buy something, even though it may be a necessity, 
when it doesn't increase in value, you it has to be painful for you. I want it to be painful for you. And you want to be so conscious of how to mitigate or minimize that loss over time so that you're not going backwards while you're simultaneously trying to go forwards. Delay your lifestyle and let your investments become something unto themselves. So very important. Evan, what do you think? Are we going to take another break or should I just keep going here? Just keep going. <laughs> so you want, you, you need to save money to let that money become something unto itself. And so many of the things that people do along the way in the form of uh, the goal of having a better lifestyle and of approach of uh, impressing other people. And, you know, don't any of you out there who are shaking your head saying you're not those people. No, maybe you're not those people to the degree that some of the other people you know are, but we're all this way. And let's be honest. Nobody wants to thought, be thought of as a slug or a failure. And the sad thing is that w- the way that we demonstrate how we're doing to the rest of the world is in ways that the rest of the world recognizes. And that is a new car, a new boat, a big house, uh, nice clothes, expensive restaurants, I don't know, golf clubs, you know, a shotgun, handbag, I don't know. But because nobody wants to feel like they're not succeeding in other people's eyes, these are the things that drive us away from long-term success. And I'm not saying that I don't like those things and that I don't do those same things because I struggle with it just like everybody else. But the fact that you recognize it, that alone will change the way you handle things because if you delay your gratification for those things, you let your, your, your savings and your investment dollars become something unto itself. You then will be able to have those things in a way and in a level of abundance that other people never will because they put those things at the front early in the path of their lives and they never are able to get there because their funds, their investments and savings never become something unto themselves. I I talk about investing in your retirement account. I talked about investing in real estate. I want you to seek to own assets, physical assets. And although you all want a lake home and you may all want to have your own home. And oh, by the way, the idea that you are not seeking to own your own home, that is the craziest thing in the world. At the very least, I don't even look at the home that you live in as an investment. However, that is the least that you're going to do. And you better do that. The idea that we have, I don't know what, half this country who, who are renters, almost, it almost is that here in the Twin Cities. Renters, what is wrong with people? This is America. Own your own physical assets. And while owning may not be that much better than renting, it is better. And that's the answer. What's a good investment, Todd? I don't know. What would you do instead? Well, whatever you do that you would do instead, that's good for you. That's a good investment. And everything that you do that takes you closer to having net worth, everything you own minus everything, everybody you owe and whatever's left, that's where you are. The fact that you make three, four, five hundred thousand dollars a year has nothing to do with net worth. That's earned income. Income will never be wealth. It might buy you a good lifestyle. A lot of people are going to think you got it going on. 
but I don't measure you that way. When you come in to see me, you write down on my intake form, my discovery package, everything you own, and then you tell me everybody you owe. And whatever's left, that is what I see you. That is how I see you. Uh, the fact that you earn income and you spend it, you got a great life and you can't drive, drive an expensive car and you wear expensive clothes and all that. And I mean, nothing to me. I want you to understand that if you want to create stability, if you want to create wealth, these are the things that you do. Financial lessons for life. Listen to this freaking thing 10 times, guys. Listen to it, internalize it, and teach your kids this. Have a great weekend, everybody. Bye-bye. like to talk with you about financial coaching. Traditional financial planners help you make decisions about stocks, bonds, and mutual funds with money you already have. That's great, but who helps you accumulate more money in the first place? Who helps you make day-by-day life decisions? Who isn't trying to sell you something? Like, should I go back to school? Am I wasting money on insurance? How to purchase and finance a car, boat, home, lake cabin, or investment property? How to start, manage, and sell a business? It's about making minor errors that become colossal mistakes and cost you hundreds of thousands of dollars over your lifetime. The problem is that you're so busy pursuing your career that you're forced to make critical financial decisions that have a dramatic long-term effect on your finances without adequate research or information. Rooker Financial Coaching is like having a personal CFO for every decision. Don't waste time lamenting the bad decisions of the past or money that's run through your fingertips. Stop procrastinating. Call Rooker Financial Coaching, 763-559-3800. That's 763-559-3800. Call me today, Todd Rooker, 763-559-3800. That's 763-559-3800. This has been a paid program. The views expressed were not necessarily those of the management or ownership of KSTPAM 1500 ESPN. You're listening to 1500 ESPN on KSTPAM 1500 and 94.5 HD2 Minneapolis St. Paul. This is Sports Center. Hello there. I'm Mark Robbins. 